Grasp the Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our client campus will be leading each week's podcast. I'm Marty Richardson, one of your co-hosts. Thank you for joining us today. Today is our 121st episode, and we're in Psalm 150, which happens to be our last psalm in our summer psalmology series, where we're just going a little bit deeper into the psalms. So today's topic in Psalm 150 is the where, why, how, and who of worship. Mm-hmm. I can't say that fast. I tried. I'm like, where, why, how, and who? It sounds like a Dr. Seuss episode. It totally does. It, 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 it totally does. So um, everybody who knows me knows that I love worship. It's kind of what I do. So I am glad that the last one in this study that we're working on is about worship mm-hmm. because I kind of live and breathe it. Yes. So let's jump right into it. What do you got to say? So I think it's important for us to begin by defining worship. And I think, unfortunately, in the church world, what do we think of, Marty, when we typically say worship, what do we think about? Music. Music. Yep. And surely it includes music, but it is so much more. The entire service hour is one of worship. We, we sing, for sure. We pray. We read scripture. We give an offering to the Lord. So we do all these things as acts of worship, because again, going back to the etymology of the word, right? Worship, something that is worthy, we worship. And so the entire service is us directing our lives and our hearts and and all that is within us and ascribing worth to God during that time through all the different ways. That's great. You you know, we we talk about it a lot in, in what I do. And you know, when, in school, we learned to say, you know, worship is showing God's what he's worth. Uh, Mike Harlan had a great definition of it. He he actually says, it, you know, it is showing God what, what, what he's worth, but it is our combined response to his total revelation in our life. Oh, that's good. I thought it was pretty profound because it, the, the idea <clears throat> is he has showed himself to be, like we talked about last week, which, by the way, sorry, I messed up the video. That's totally on me. Um, it, we talked about last week God being omnipotent, uh, omnipotent and omni, you know, all powerful and all knowing. He is all of those things. But our response to that—how do we respond to that? Mm-hmm. To His revelation of who He is, and that's kind of what we work off of, you know. And it just makes because then how you treat a waiter at Chili's, mm-hmm. or how you interact with your children. Or how you um, give sacrificially, or all of those things sort of fall in because you go, God has shown me this, and I've responded in a way that honors Him. So, mm-hmm. so that's uh, that's that's kind of our our definition of it. So as we're jo- kind of jumping forward, um, we've got four sections here, mm-hmm. and 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 I suppose we haven't talked about this yet, but I suppose you're going to go through each one of these. Yes. So let's. You want to jump right into that? Sure. Okay. Perfect. So let's <clears throat> begin by answering the question. Where? Where should everything that has breath praise the Lord? And the psalmist says, well, in on the earth, in a sanctuary, right? And in the heavens. Okay, great. So the earth above, um, the earth below, the sky above, that's everywhere. Everywhere we go, we are to praise God. And, he, and here's, a, here's a really interesting thing. He says to praise God in his sanctuary, in his temple. Great. That is where God met his people in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, we have our bodies, 
which are temples of the living God. So now let's look at it this way. If we are to praise God in his temple, and our bodies are the temple, we are to praise God in our bodies. And last time I checked, our bodies are with us everywhere we go. So we can praise God wherever we go. Now, again, that doesn't exclude us being in, in the worship service, corporately worshiping. But what it means is that wherever we go, we can always worship God on our own. And so um, we, are, we are to praise him in our bodies wherever we go. So that is the where. Okay, I, I like that. I like that. That's good. And we see Paul acting that out when they were praising in the prison. Peter, when they're praising in the prison, mm-hmm. um, they weren't skipping church. They were in jail. Right. But they found reasons even in the midst of jail, ancient jail, which is awful, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To praise God. So we, we see that in the, in, in, the, in the New Testament as well. It's not just an Old Testament idea. It's a New Testament idea as well. So that's our where, mm-hmm. um, which is everywhere. All Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how about the why? So for the why. Now, <clears throat> you and I both have kids. And if we do something for them they like, okay, typically, not always, what kind of response do we get back from them? Are, are we talking teenagers? Well, no, let's, let's talk younger kids. Younger kids, like a hug, a sweet thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, is it generally pretty sweet if they're under, what, 11? Yeah, that's uh, pretty safe, right? <laughs> so we receive some type of actual acknowledgement for something that we have done. So why praise God? Well, we can praise him for all his acts, right? His acts of power, as the psalmist mm-hmm. says. So we look at nature and everything that God created. And what a great thing to praise him for. We see God moving in the universe, and those are things to praise him for. So we praise him for what God has done, and the greatest thing that we can praise him for is our salvation. Mm. And so I am telling you this, it, it is the, the mystery of the gospel. Why God did what he did for, for me is something I struggle with. And I wrestle with, and the only answer I keep coming back to is because of this incredible, indescribable love. Mm. And that right there, above anything else, no matter how bad a day I'm having, I can always sit here and say, you know what, God, I need to praise you for my salvation. If I find nothing else, then praising him for what he's done in terms of praising him for that. So why should we praise him? Praise him for what he has done. That's a great word. And, and a lot of, you know, there's different models of worship that people pull out of the Bible. And one of them, uh, it's, you know, confession and thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And, and I truly believe that all praise comes from thanksgiving. Yes. Jesus said, to whom much is forgiven, there is much love. Mm-hmm. We talk about that. And so I, I love that idea to be thankful um, because we aren't a very thankful society. We, we joked about our teenagers, but they're just learning it from the world. Right. Yeah. And what are we seeing here is an entitlement mindset. Mm. When we stop and say, God owes us nothing. And the fact that he gives us so much is such an incredible reason to, to, to praise him for that. Oh, that's a great word. Jump right into number three. Mm-hmm. And what is that? How? How? How, how are we? How? Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> don't cancel me. <laughs> um, the psalmist talks about these different instruments that that are used to 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 praise God, right? And basically his whole point is whatever you have, praise him with everything that you've got. 
And so anything that, that, that we have can be used to praise him. So we have people uh, at the Spring Campus who play different instruments in the orchestra. Then we have people who play in the praise band. They have different instruments. Then you have the choir. Their instrument is their voice. And so God's point is that we should praise him with anything that we have. And so for some people like me, who I've been told I have a voice that blends well with others, I know what that means, right? <laughs> but that shouldn't stop me from praising him because I am not giving praise to him for the people around me to be my audience. I'm singing for an audience of one mm. and he knows my heart and I try to give him my best and surely um, that is acceptable in his sight, knowing that my heart is there and this is the best I have to give him at that time. And so whatever we have, we're to praise him with. Oh, that's such a great word. And and I think sometimes we we have a celebrity culture in the church, even small churches. Mm-hmm. There's a soloist class. Mm-hmm. There's a mm-hmm. staff class, you know, like staff are a little bit better than everybody else. And the soloist, well, if you can sing better than everybody else. And then there's kind of the, this stratifying mm-hmm. thing. And um, I've, I've probably said this before, but I, I love Soren Kierkegaard's view of it. The, the idea that the people on the platform are just prompters. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we see it in the world. We think, that the audience is the congregation and we see the people on the stage as the performers and God is the prompter. That's how most people in church think. They think, oh, well, God's moving them to say and do what, they, what they're doing and then we're just part of it. But the fact is, the congregation are the performers. Mm-hmm. The folks on the platform, we are just using our gifts to prompt them and God is totally the audience. Right. And when you flip it on its head like that, then it begins, well, it's, it's not about the position you have, because I believe that a guy running a soundboard, um, if that's what God's called him to and gifted him in, that's just as much praise as my best soloist over there peeling the paint off the back wall, singing with all she's got, right? Mm -hmm. And the lady in the nursery changing the poopy diaper Mm -hmm. because she's part of God's team, that all of that takes, if we do, it's our heart's position Mm -hmm. And not n- not really the outcome right. that matters, mm-hmm. and so that's why I, I I love that that how that we're supposed to do it with all we got, mm-hmm. wherever we are. Why? Because God is awesome. Now, mm-hmm. what's the last part? So, <clears throat> the last one here is who should praise God, and he gets pretty simple. Is everything that has breath? Let everything that has breath. Mm-hmm. Everything, everybody, anything that has breath in its lungs should praise God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus went a step further and said, and if you don't, what's going to happen? Eh, the, rocks will, the rocks will step in. So mm-hmm. what, he's, what, what he's saying is, you know what? Even if you were so dense that, that you can't praise God, the densest thing on earth, which is a rock, mm-hmm. is going to praise instead. Right. I love Jesus' stories, the way that he you know, just reminds us it, but it, it's also a response. You know, it kind of goes back to that Thanksgiving thing. Um, again, you know, we talked Romans 12, but again, we're, we're, we're back there. What it, what it says, that worship is, the. I think the Amplified says, our only reasonable act of worship, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, is, is to move towards Him. If we think about what God has done, we have no other response. Right. 
Yeah, and that's exactly right. And I will tell uh, a personal story. Many years ago, one of my daughters um, had a pretty serious eye infection, and the doctor said she needs to be admitted to the hospital right now or she could lose her vision. Mm. And it had gone on for several days. My wife and I thought it was pink eye. turned out to be much more serious than that. So I was in the hospital with her when she was a little, little girl. Um, and she was getting the antibiotics for four days and I beat myself up in the hospital for letting it go. And then I was wondering how, oh my gosh, this is going to be expensive. How am I going to pay for all this? And I was beating myself up, having a pity party. And then, you know, just God prompted me and says, why are you complaining? What is all this? Your daughter is getting medical care in a great hospital if this would have happened to children 100 years ago, they would go blind. If you were in, in, in a third world right now, your daughter would be blind. You have nothing to complain about. And he really took me in that moment of focusing on me to using his opportunity to say, you know what? And, and, and I, I repented of that before God. And I began to, to praise and worship him in that moment. And so again, you know, where? Everywhere. When? Always. How? With everything in, 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 my, in my breath, everything that I had should be offered as, as worship to him. And so it was, a, it was a great time for him to get a hold of my heart and to reframe things. And so I say that because no matter what situation you are in in life right now, okay, if you have breath in your lungs, the psalmist says, there are reasons for you to worship God. Not, not being thankful for the situation you're in, that's different from worshiping God for who he is. So just let me encourage you with that, to, to worship God for who he is, not focusing on, are you going to worship him for what he's done? Oh, great word on that. Because sometimes we won't, even if we did worship him for what he's done, he's done some good things, mm-hmm. we don't always see the whole picture. Right. So if we try to worship him for what he's done in in our finite little tiny understanding, we don't know what he's done. Mm-hmm. Now, there's something been missing from this list. Hmm. Um, I I don't see the worship when I feel like it or uh. worship when it's convenient or worship when I like what's going on. Is mm-hmm. that in this psalm anywhere? Uh, I didn't see that. Is that in the Bible anywhere? Mm, haven't found it. Enough said? I think so. Enough said? <laughs> so, as we wrap up today, do you have anything just kind of in closing, you know, just thinking through this that you want to share? Yeah, so the next time that you are in either one of our services or in a service at your local church, be thinking about the entire service as one successive act of worship after another. Be thinking about when you sing. Think about the words that you are saying and how is that honoring God. Mm. When you are praying, think of that as an act of worship to God. When you give, you are showing worship of God. When you are hearing the word of God preached and truly believing that that is God's word being spoken through a human being, what, a, what an incredible thing to, to praise God for, that he would actually communicate with us and tell us everything he wants us to know about him. That is incredible. That's a great thing to worship him for. That's a great word. 
And what is it the psalm said, who am I that you... Who am I that you're mindful of me? You are mindful of me. We talked about that we a while did. back. So, man, that's great. This got me all excited. It's a Friday here. We're going to be worshiping on Sunday. And uh, I, we really do help, you know, these dump out on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. But we really do encourage you to connect to a local body of believers. We've talked about it before. You, you can worship in your heart. You can worship at home. You can even worship out on the dear lease. But there's something special when God's people surrender their wants, desires, and opinions to come together in a, in a group mm-hmm. and without hesitation join together to do these things, mm-hmm. to do these four things, right. to talk, to be um, where you need to be and why you need to be there and how you need to be there and focusing on who God is. When you do those things and God's people are drawn together as a group, it is something um, unexplainable. And it doesn't happen anywhere else mm-hmm. at any other time for any other reason than worshiping the one true God. Right. So thank you for joining us today. Do you have anything else, else in wrapping up or are no. you ready to go? That's everything I've got. So I think this is the end of our video series for the summer. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty good. It has been. I thought last week was going to be the end when I forgot to hit record. I mean, that's totally on me, guys. Yeah. But um, it, it's, it's been fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't know when or if we'll do this again, but thank you for taking the time to to watch and to, and to check it out. And um, we're jumping back into our, our normal uh, cadence of things, which will be um, an opening and a closing where Pastor Dale and I talk about things. And in the center will be a teaching time, mm-hmm. um, which is um, also taught live as well on Sunday evenings at five in in one of our, our buildings over here. Do you want to talk about maybe what the fall is going to look like from that standpoint? Sure. So we will begin by doing a verse-by-verse study through the book of Ruth. So uh, going back to the Old Testament, and we are going to see several themes that are going to play out in the life of Jesus in the book of Ruth. So that'll be pretty significant. And then we're going to spend the rest of the fall series back in the New Testament, walking through the epistle of First John. That sounds really great. You're talking about Ruth and kept thinking, we're going to go to the beginning of her story so we could have a baby Ruth. Wow. <laughs> so I was I was going to say that it, before Boaz met Ruth, was he ruthless? Oh. Anyway. Let's get all of those out now, and let's just, uh, let's not add those to our, our, our study on Ruth. How's that sound? I, I, that's good. <laughs> we're ashamed of ourselves. Sorry. Yeah. We are dads. There's a lot of dad between us. Here. There is. Well, very good. Well, thank you again for joining us uh, this summer as we've done our video. Join us um, as we start next week into the book of Ruth. <laughs>